TCU has done a nice job on the transfer portal so far this spring, but they desperately need more defensive line help. We'll talk about it next on Locked on Horn Frogs. You are Locked on Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Lockdown Horn Frogs, your team every day. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also find us wherever it is you get your, get your podcast in its audio form. So TCU has done a really nice job, both in the fall and the spring, or fall, I guess, it, the early early transfer window and then the later transfer window in the spring, and adding some talent. I'll quickly run down the names. Uh, landed quarterback Chance Nolan from Oregon State. Landed wide receiver Dalen Wright from Minnesota. Landed wide receiver Jalen Robinson from Old Miss. Um, Rick Abreu from defensive end from ECU. Wide receiver John Paul Richardson um, from Oklahoma State. Running back Trey Sanders from Alabama. Offensive lineman Tommy Brockermeyer from Alabama. Um, inside wide receiver slash tight end Jack Besh from LSU. JoJo Earl, Alabama wide receiver, and Avery Helm the um, Florida cornerback who started a bunch of games in the SEC last year and should be sipping into that CB1 role um, this upcoming season. So they've done a really nice job, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can comment on YouTube. You can also hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Steven on Twitter. And let me know it, what's the other area you think they need to attack from a roster standpoint in the transfer portal. Who else do they need to go get? Who are they missing? Um, let's get those thoughts in the YouTube chat. What position? Is there a specific player you have in mind? Um, let me know either here on YouTube or at some kind of Steven on Twitter. But I think this team still really needs defensive line help. Um, you know, I, I've, I've chatted with some other uh, fans or analysts about the D-line, and one thing that comes up is, well, you got a good freshman class coming in, which you do. But the thing is, like, Marcus Deal – and Avion Carter, two of the highest-rated defensive line talents that have ever come into TCU. I think they're going to be really good players. Um, you know, Dominic Williams started as a true freshman, but Dom was in during the spring semester. He went through spring camp. I just have – I'm skeptical that, you know, two guys that are going to be coming in in the fall can contribute immediately. I don't think they'll be able to. I think they'll eventually be good players. And really, for me, it's at defensive end – where they need the most help. I feel better about nose tackle. You know, you have Dominic Williams. You had Seiko Brown um, from Missouri State. Before that, he was at Central Michigan. Uh, you have a guy like Sonny Misi in the, in the middle who can, you know, take up some room, take up some space. So I think on the interior, they'll actually be overall okay. Uh, but how are you going to replace – that sack production from Dylan Horton. And I'll, I think Caleb Fox and Diamond Mitchell will will be the starters there most likely. Um, and I feel okay about that. Caleb Fox didn't have a great spring game. I'm not sure what his spring camp was like. But uh, Rick Abreu, giving those guys some, some spells. Paula Lawale, um, the redshirt freshman. I think he could be a force as the year goes on. But having more proven production out of that defensive line spot, particularly that edge position, is going to be key. So one player that they're after in the portal right now is uh, Kiwi Rose, and he is a big defensive lineman. 
a strong side defensive end from Louisiana Tech. Um, as a sophomore last year, he had 18 tackles, two sacks, and two forced fumbles. He stands at 6'3", 303 pounds. So you just immediately hear over six feet tall, over 300 pounds, has that size, has that ability. Uh, and the past couple of years, we'll look at his numbers here. Um, he's got three and a half sacks overall in his career. In 2020, he had uh, 23 tackles, half a sack. Um, in 2021, had 25 tackles, one sack overall. Got to the quarterback more in 2022. So you, you, you've seen that production. You see the potential there with that huge size. He'll have multiple years of eligibility. Um, the issue with Rhodes is he's getting attention from a lot of really good schools. Arkansas, Ole Miss, Missouri, Colorado, West Virginia, Miami, Mississippi State, and Virginia Tech have all reached out since he entered the portal. Uh, TCU has offered him, and according to Jeremy Clark from Horn Frog Blitz, he uh, visited TCU last weekend. Um, and you can go to that website if you want more information about how that went and, and where they might be in the mix. But Kiwi Rose, in my mind, is is the big number one target moving forward. I think they could add another wide receiver, another outside wide receiver if they want to. Um, I wouldn't mind another offensive lineman just because I feel like you can never have enough depth there. I mean, I think they're set now at QB. I feel like they're set at running back. I feel like linebacker and, you know, secondary they're set. It's really, in my mind, just the defensive line. That's kind of the glaring issue now. Um, and I just want someone with more proven production. You know, Rose, the, the stats aren't eye-popping, but at Bray, you're, you're really – from ECU, it seems like you're really banking on potential and possibility of making him a better player. Rose is somebody who's at least started a number of games at Louisiana Tech. Um, and Tico Brown's kind of in that same way. He played a lot at Missouri State, but it feels like he's more of a depth piece. You have to have somebody coming off the edge. I feel really good about the secondary. I think Avery Helm and Josh Newton are going to be great corners. And then behind them, you guys, you got guys like Mason White and Shannon Canada. Um, these safeties, I think, with another year under Joe Gillespie, are going to be really solid. This linebacker crew, I, I feel like, is going to be good. It, it, to me, it really hinges on the success of this defense is going to hinge on can they stop the run and can they get to the quarterback? Because you saw early last season when they struggled to get to the QB, even though they had, you know, a really good back end of the defense, um, guys just eventually get open, right? And so – you have to have somebody who can put pressure on the quarterback, who can you know stand up at that defensive end position, hold their ground, maintain their gap control, um, and make it happen. And so Rose, in my mind, Kiwi Rose, the Louisiana Tech transfer, that should be priority number one in the portal. But I want to hear from you. Who do you think TCU should pursue in the transfer portal? Or what position do you feel like they should be targeting in the transfer portal as this portal window comes to an end? Remember, the portal window closed over the weekend. So we, I think at this point we're probably safe. I doubt we see anybody else leaving the Frogs. Maybe one or two guys that trickles out late that they enter the portal. But I wouldn't think they would be big names. I would think they would be more depth pieces as we sit here today um, in early May. When we come back, I want to talk about a, a player that's returning the TCU basketball. We'll do that in a moment. Before we do that, though, I do want to talk about FanDuel. FanDuel is the official partner of the NBA playoffs. Man, I'm super excited about this Lakers-Warriors series. I was watching that last night. It was fun. Lakers end up winning game one. Huge game from Anthony Davis. If you want to get in on the action, betting money lines, betting parlays, prop bets, whatever it is, you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, and they have this cool deal going on right now. 
um, bonus bets, no sweat first bet. So you can put your first bet down. It can be as little as $5. And if you lose, you can get up to $1,000 in bonus bets potentially. Um, so FanDuel putting that on, not putting a ton, of, a ton of pressure on you to hit on that first bet. They have kind of a mulligan extra opportunities for you moving forward. They also have the FanDuel app, which is safe and secure and super easy to use. Um, FanDuel.com or the FanDuel app, either way, they're the official betting partner of the NBA. Uh, also, Major League Baseball's in full swing right now. NHL playoffs are going on. So check out FanDuel today and see how you can get on the action. They are a proud sponsor of the Locked On Network. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So things are pretty quiet now with TCU basketball. Um, they've added a few guys in the portal. I've run down those names before, but I can do it quickly here. Avery Anderson, point guard out of Oklahoma State. Jameer Nelson, junior guard from Delaware. Um, SM Matafasa, the big man from Coastal Carolina. And Trey Tennyson, guard from Texas A&M Corpus Christi. They're awaiting decisions from Emmanuel Miller and Damian Baugh. It, it seems like they're also pursuing maybe one or two more players in the portal, but Jamie Dixon and the staff have done a nice job of, you know, constructing this roster, getting it back together with um, the departure of, of Mike Miles happening this season. Um, and really you're going to have a, a pretty new look roster next year. But one player that's coming back, and I think I mentioned it when it happened, but I didn't really talk about it in depth. And I just, I just want to, talk about this guy because I think fans are kind of getting it wrong when it comes to Chuck O'Bannon. So Chuck O'Bannon Jr. is coming back again and you might say, how is he still playing basketball? He's literally played six years of college basketball and because of red shirts and COVID years, Chuck still has the opportunity to play ball. Um, and so he's coming back for next season to play for TCU. And I, I, I saw a lot of people grumbling about this. Um, last year, Chuck really struggled shooting the ball. He shot 36% from three in the 2020-2021 season. And then last year, shot 33% from three, averaged nine and a half per game, or excuse me, two years ago, I should say, and really heated up like towards the end of the year. I remember had a huge game against Arizona and had, you know, some big shots against Seton Hall and that huge win for TCU. Um, and then this past season, only 31% from three, averaged seven points a game, um, 38% overall from the field, just really struggled to hit shots, did hit some big shots in the Big 12 tournament against K-State in that game. Um, but, I mean, I remember that, that final game against Gonzaga had a lot of open threes and just could not knock it down. And so I saw the, the typical response of why is this guy coming back? Like this is, can, can we find somebody else? I'll say this about Chuck. Um, yes, his shot struggled last year and he has a very unorthodox shot. I mean, he's been playing basketball for a long, long time. I don't think his mechanics are going to change. 
I wish he would try to change his mechanics because I think he's got, you know, he's obviously shooting the ball at a pretty good clip with whatever it is he's doing. Um, but anyway, I think that ship has sort of sailed, right? But when his shot was not falling last year, some things that he did really well, he was an excellent defender. He was somebody that would get down there and get rebounds. Um, he had to guard a lot of different players. Like he ended up having to guard the four and the five sometimes in games because of uh, Eddie Lampkin being out and then eventually the departure of Eddie Lampkin. They asked him to do a lot on the defensive end of the ball. They asked him to do a lot of little things. Or Honestly, they didn't even really ask him to do that. He just kind of stepped up and did it. Um, and I get, I get the frustration with – Chuck and players like him, which Jamie Dixon seems to have a lot of guys that fit this mold. I mean, Micah Peavy is a great on-ball defender, um, super athletic, scored the ball somewhat better last season, but still is not, you know, a a great shooter. And he's one of those guys that you're like, man, if you could just develop a consistent three-point shot, like there's an NBA future for you with your athleticism and your ability to harass people on the ball and with your links. Um, and how you can defend the guards. But I think Chuck's going to be a good, solid contributor for TC basketball next year. Um, he's super experienced, good leader. You're going to have a lot of new faces. I feel like he can be a steady presence. Hopefully he can shoot the ball better. I think he will. But bottom line is, like, he does positive things on the floor. Um, and I think – you, you have to have guys like that on your team who are willing to kind of do the dirty work and do the little things that win you games. And honestly, sometimes TCU didn't excel at that, and that's why they lost some games down the stretch. So Big 12 basketball is tough. It's going to be even tougher this coming year with Houston and Cincinnati joining the fray. Um, but I, I would just tell people be patient with, with Chuck O'Bannon. I think he's a good presence to have on the floor, I feel like he'll be a good kind of mentor and leader for these young guards that are coming in as transfers uh, for some of these freshmen like Jace Posey and Isaiah Manning. He'll be hitting the floor for the first time this season. And, um, I mean, we got to see how it all plays out. You know, Jameer Nelson Jr. scored the high clip at Delaware. I kind of want to see what he'll look like in a Power 5 setting. But at least on paper, this looks like a solid roster and a team that can compete at a high level. Um, and – Given what TC basketball has been through in the past, I think that's sort of the the floor that you want to start with, and then hopefully they can build on that as the year goes on. I think Jamie's done a good job of identifying talent and finding guys who can play in the portal so that we're not in a complete rebuilding situation next season. But Chuck O'Ban is coming back, and I know some fans are not stoked about it, but I'm I'm excited because I think he's a good player, and I think he just does some little things that you uh, – that you have to have him do. Um, and so we'll see how that plays out in the next few months. We'll wrap things up next. This is Lockdown One Frogs. It's your team every day. Uh, so TCU baseball, they run rule the UT Rio Grande Valley 14-4 to on Tuesday. Curtis Byrne had a two-run home run to end it. Curtis is kind of heating up. So it was Elijah Nunez, which is a welcome sight. Um, they played Cal State Fullerton in a non-conference series this weekend. And then two more conference series against Baylor and Kansas State to close out the regular season before the Big 12 tournament starts. So it's May. It's crunch time. Half the TC baseball needs to start getting better. Needs to start getting on a roll here. We'll see if they can do that. We'll actually have a special guest um, 
on on tomorrow's show to talk TC baseball specifically. We haven't done a lot of that this year, but Jacob Davis from uh, KTCU, he covers the team. He'll be on tomorrow's show to talk about TC baseball more in depth as they kind of prep here for an end-of-season run and hopefully into the postseason, even though their chances have taken a big hit with these recent series losses. We'll be back tomorrow again. Locked on Horn Frogs.